Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, and Spotify. Also on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor. Go to winnow.app backslash off the floor. $3.05 per month. Get text directly to your phone from Brady, Alex, Greg, and myself. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friends over at Prize Picks. Use code 5FIVE. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. This is the official fantasy sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com. That's with an O. Betteredge.com. Use code 5RSN and you get $20 to play. And our competitions, our NFL competitions are only 10 bucks. You do the math. Works out pretty good. It is legal in the state of Florida, as is prize picks. The code for prize picks is five, F-I-V-E, Better Edge, it's five, R-S-N. And now, today's episode. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs, where here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs, just like Buck the said, you in trouble, y'all, kept the floor playing, got an all band, y'all seen the block, stop with one hand, and pack with trust, it's power, have the guts, we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor here at Kasaya Center. I'm here with Brady Hawk. We just finished watching the red, white, and pink scrimmage. I'm not sure that we really watched it as intently as maybe we'll watch other games coming up, including the preseason game against Charlotte, which if you're listening to this on a Tuesday is actually tonight. But we did uh, see enough tonight, I think, to at least draw three. So we have enough, as Eric Spolster says, to draw three conclusions. Of course, the game was more important for its charity purpose, uh, for cancer research. That's really why everybody was here. The fans had a good time. They mix up the players. So, again, don't read too much into some of the lineups that were here today. Players played on both teams. They switched jerseys. And the regular starting lineup, the starting lineup that we're anticipating, was not out there together, even if they were all on the floor to start. So I think we'll start with the first takeaway that way, which is how the Eric Spolster rolled out the two teams, because I think that some of this was purposeful. Now, no Caleb Morton tonight. Um, He's dealing with some knee soreness. I don't think he'll play in the first preseason game anyway. It's not serious. He was the only player on the roster who did not play tonight. So everybody else got at least a few minutes. Here were the two lineups, though, Brady. The so-called white team started off with Bam at center with Kevin Love at the four. Hold that thought. Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkins, and Kyle Lowry. The red team started with Thomas Bryant at the five. Nikola Jovic at the four, Jimmy Butler at the three, Tyler Hero and Josh Richardson in the backcourt. Here's the way that I view this, and this is takeaway number one. I think Eric Spolstra wants to get an extended look at Kevin Love and Bam Adebayo together, because to me that's the likely 4-5 combination to start the season, and I think he wants to get an extended look at Josh Richardson and Tyler Hero together. Now, again, It was just the first quarter that they played that way. This was a loose charity type game, but they need to get some reps with Tyler and Josh together. Right. And I think even though we saw it last year, Kevin Love slimmed down a little bit. We've talked about that getting Bam and Kevin out there together at the beginning. And of course, Jimmy could plug in with either. Yeah. I thought the more meaningful one probably was the Josh and Tyler thing, just because that's what everybody's been kind of wanting to see how they play off each other. Uh, And when you were kind of saying that was your takeaway, my main takeaway from that specifically was that Josh was handling a lot. 
Like when we're talking about the fact of who plays point guard, who's this and that, I don't think Josh is going to be the quote unquote point guard, but he's more of the point guard than Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is going to play the two. He's going to play off the catch. He's going to initiate certain sets. And trust me, we're going to get to Tyler Hero because he's going to get shots up. But I think Josh is more of the one uh, in that specific lineup. So I thought that was interesting. There was even lineups where he was playing with guys like RJ Hampton or, or somebody else, and he was still running one. So I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to see what Josh's point guard skills look like. And I think that's what you're going to see in the preseason. They're going to try to see, give him as much on ball reps as, as humanly possible. Um, but it does make sense when you were just kind of listening. Like they just kind of gave the potential front court starting lineup on one team and the potential backcourt on the other team and kind of just mix things up, as you said. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of the thing that the main takeaway. How do Josh and Tyler look? We don't really know from this. And I, that's what I'm kind of hinting at. Like the, the only thing to take away from that is Josh plays more ball handler, but like how they, play off each other, we're still yet to see. That is going to still be kind of more so for the preseason. Yeah, I think that leads into our next one, which is Tyler Hero specifically. And Tyler tonight played 17 minutes, all in the so-called first half. 17 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. But it was the way he was playing. He is playing with even more confidence than he has prior. It just has come across in all the workouts that we've gotten a chance to see, whether it's on social media or when they've opened practice to us, of course, after all the team stuff was done at the training camp that we were at every day in Boca at FAU, he's, he's playing light. He's playing free. Uh, if anybody was concerned about the off-season trade rumors, and we told you not to be, but there were some who still were, weighing down on him, it's having the opposite effect. You can see the chip on his shoulder when he's playing, uh, but it is like, you know, the dirt on your shoulder, right? He's basically just brushing it off. And, and that's the attitude that he's had from the very beginning. He pulled up from 30 and drained it. There was another time that Lowry went out on him. And by the way, Kyle's in good shape. I mean, we should note that. Like we talked a lot about Kevin Love being in good shape. Like Kyle did really nothing tonight other than four assists. He didn't shoot in 12 minutes. He was just kind of, you know, getting some work in. He was out there, uh, but he does look like he's in good shape. And he was out there challenging Tyler. They were kind of having some fun with it. There was a lot of trolling in this game. Jimmy shot with his left hand. He shot with his eyes closed. Uh, he chased him around with a question. Quadruple team. He played only 11 minutes. He didn't have a field goal made. Uh, and just two attempts. He made two free throws. But Kyle was kind of he and Tyler were having some fun with it. And Kyle was out on on Tyler. And Tyler pump faked him three times. And Kyle stayed with it. Right. And then finally, like Tyler just made a 23 footer in his eye. Uh, and that's the way that he's been this entire time. I thought of all of the regulars. Tyler jumped out the most tonight. Again, doesn't mean that Jimmy Butler suddenly washed because he didn't have a field goal tonight. Uh, Bam had a couple moments as well. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 12.6 rebounds. But this was to me really about uh, Tyler Hero continuing what he's been doing throughout camp. And then Eric Spolster said at the end, he says he's poised for a big leap this year. He has said that continually. This is Tyler's fifth season, but he's only 23 years old. And what does a big leap look like? I guess that's the question. As you've watched him in this, in this, uh, well, tonight, but really more so when we've just kind of watched the way he's carried himself through the workouts and, again, uh, from what we've gotten to see of training camp. What is a leap for Tyler? So I think that's an interesting question because I actually, if you heard it on Five on the Floor, when I talked to Tyler, he kind of hinted at the fact he wants to take a similar leap from your four to five as he did from two to three. And he was pretty much saying he feels like he could do anything on the floor offensively. But the thing he would throw in at the very end every time he brought that up was just more efficiently. 
So I think that's the next leap for him is kind of doing it in similar volume uh, and just kind of just kind of tuning up the efficiency parts. And what is a way to do that? Making your shots easier, number one, maybe less long twos and, and certain shots that maybe don't, you just got to get to the lane a little more, maybe certain stuff finishing wise, maybe that's getting to the line a little more and just kind of opening up ways players, the venue. So I think efficiency is kind of the main thing. Uh, but definitely from this game, he said, I, I said to you even earlier, I was like, out of all the shooters that have been in Miami, we've watched shoot around in training camp or before games, everything. There's no one more pure than Tyler Hero's jumper. So like putting him out there in a scrimmage where everybody's just chucking up threes, like, yeah, he's going to stand out and look really good. So which he did. Uh, so that was interesting to see. I'm still interested to see how, like I keep saying, I know we're talking about the scrimmage, but I keep thinking about the preseason because I'm like, how is he going to be utilized next to a Josh? What is his touches going to look like? What shots are he getting from different spots on the floor? Because a lot of this was just pretty much all just above <laughs> above the arc, just pull-ups and, and spot-ups like that. But he definitely has the range. I think he has an ability to kind of get up more threes. He talked about on media day. I think that could be big for him, especially uh, if he's shooting it the way that we saw today. So all that stuff would be interesting. But the efficiency – to your point, would be the one thing that could take the next jump and the free throw stuff. But as I say with the free throw stuff, I don't know how much to expect with that just because I feel like, number one, that's a skill you kind of either have or you don't. Like Jimmy has that skill. Tyler's more of a, a smooth scorer where it's harder to kind of continue to draw contact. And sometimes when you want to draw more fouls, your efficiency drops right. because all of a sudden you're worried about your, your finishing. You're not worried about – you're not focusing on your finishing. You're trying to get body control and body contact and all that stuff. So it's a balance. So I'm kind of curious to see how he kind of treats that. If he leans more in the efficiency range or more in the I'm going to throw my body around range. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about two young players or relatively young players. Um, one who was drafted and one who was not. Uh, both of them made impressions in different ways today. And we got a chance to speak to him afterwards. We do want to mention uh, one more sponsor of the five reasons sports network, our friends over at water cleanup of Florida, go to WCUFL.com. We always talk about what you can do after you have water damage, after you have mold damage, but also there's preventative measures that you can take. So reach out to Michael, Robert and their team. It's WCUFL.com. They're based in Boca Raton, but they service the entire tri-county area. They actually service the West coast of Florida too, and all around the state. Best thing about them is if they, can't do a job they will absolutely tell you uh, but they can handle most of it for you so enroll in their preventative program or if you have a problem reach out to them afterwards again it's wcufl.com if you've got the schmutz they've got the guts this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest miami heat game i've got a better idea A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. 
All right, back here on five on the floor. So two players we wanted to talk about before we go. And again, um, there are some that this is just not the right game for. Like Haywood Highsmith is not going to stand out in a game like this. Like Drew Smith, <laughs> Drew, Drew Smith is not going to. Um, but the, we, we've talked about uh, Hakez and Jovic. Jovic played 29 minutes, uh, had nine points, six rebounds, four assists. Um, he, he did some point Jovic type things. Um, he didn't jump out to me in, in a huge way tonight, but I feel like, again, he'll, he'll be better suited uh, for when the preseason games start. Hawke is another story. Uh, it was four of nine from the floor, nine points. He talked to us afterwards. He says he's ready. He, I, he's, he has said that several times. He says, I'm ready to play. Now, it's not he, – he understands he has to earn trust. He talked about that too. If he's going to play, though, what have you seen in his game that he needs to fine-tune? So we've compared, we've had heard the Jimmy comparison at times, but I've kind of leaned in the fact that it's more probably a little more so the Caleb comparison from his first year, just because it was what Caleb, the a similar role, like Caleb was backing up Jimmy and spoke calling Jimmy late and all that stuff. But I think what stands out to me is I think they're going to have to figure out, first of all, most of his points were like dunks and highlight open floor dunks, which it was cool to see. Uh, Spo always talks about vertical spacing, and I think that's something you can kind of utilize with a guy like this. But the question is, how are you going to utilize it? Because I, I kind of, he's been working a lot on his jumper throughout training camp. Like he's been with the, the shooting coach, Rob Fedor, a ton and trying to just kind of sh- shift certain things and f- the, like the base of his, of his feet, how it's landed, the, the shot in general, like everything's kind of been tweaked. So this is going to be a long process. So he's not going to be a guy that I think just sitting on the, uh, if he does get a role, is just sitting on the three point line waiting for spots, even though he got a couple up in this game. So they have to find different ways to utilize them. I think it's similar to how they did Caleb early on, just send him down that baseline a ton, let him roam base uh, kind of dunker spot to dunker spot. Uh, There's just certain things that I think they have to be kind of unique with the way they utilize him. And it sounds weird because he is a complete player and he can play from different spots on the floor, but it just doesn't feel like a guy that you you want to throw out there and say, just like spot up and catch and shoot at times and, and attack off the closeouts. Like that doesn't feel like his game. It feels like it has to be a little bit, at least at first as he gets used to things, kind of playing off maybe mid-range stuff, off-ball moving, like all of that, maybe mid-post touches. So that's kind of been my main takeaway. But he definitely has hops. <laughs> like out there just watching all the, the – he did some stuff in camp where I know there was highlights going around. But, yeah, once he gets out in the open floor like that, there's stuff he can do. Uh, I asked him after after this if he's the best dunker on the team. He still gave that crown to Bam. Uh, but the dunking stuff is just a precursor of, I think, what they can do specifically with him above the rim, like in that certain wall. Yeah, and everybody always has to say Bam. Even even DJJ used to say Bam when DJJ was with Bam uh, here in Miami. Excuse us because we've got some carts going. <laughs> it's been that kind of night. Um, but there's one more guy we want to make sure we get to, yes. which is Cole Swider. And he spoke to us after the game as well. If you've been following us on Twitter, there's been a lot of chatter about Cole Swider. They need a movement shooter. When Bam Adebayo was asked on the last day of camp, which of the young guys has jumped out to him the most, he mentioned Cole Swider, who, by the way, is not the youngest of their young guys. They actually have players. He's older than some of them, but so was Duncan Robinson when he came to Miami. And he is absolutely following the Duncan Robinson path to the point where they discussed the scramble drill that they ran. Spolster was talking about that, where nobody could locate him, and he was making shots against everybody in training camp. 
And then today we saw it again. So I'm going to try to combine his stats because he actually played on both teams. They switched up. Well, he was 0-3 on the white team, but uh, apparently there was a different Cole Swider on the red team because on the red team he was 9 of 15, 6 of 10 from 3 for 24 points. He actually finished overall with uh, with 27 points, which led everybody tonight. The comfort with which he shoots the 3. Mm-hmm. And I asked him about that afterwards. And obviously, look, defense, he has to play some kind of defense to get on the floor. I just, I guess what I don't understand is the Heat are developing this guy, and clearly he has jumped to the head of the pack of their their shooters. And clearly he looks like a player they're going to keep. So what was why is it that Laker fans are responding the way they are about him? Where it's just like it's they seem like 90. And I know Laker fans can be very harsh on particular players, but there was a frustration level with him. I'm not seeing anything to be frustrated about. The guy looks like an elite shooter. He finished in transition a couple times. I know this is not what you're going to see in a regular season game. But, like, this is the type of guy that, like, in three years, it looks like the type of guy where in three years we're going to be talking about, do they pay him to keep him? <laughs> we're be back in that cycle. He jumped out tonight, though. There's no way around it. And he does carry himself with a certain confidence. Like, he says, I know – he basically said, he, I know he knows he's an elite shooter, Right. Oh, for sure. And I, the thing I've been saying is that there's like certain points maybe in camp where if he's not super efficient, the one thing that stuck out, even back to summer league, even into camp and even to now, he can get the ball up. Like no matter what, like he is getting shots up. He does not have trouble. He's also obviously six nine, so he can shoot over the top of if he's getting a switch or anything like that. But he's also not afraid to shoot, which we always hear the stories about kind of Spo or, or the coaching staff yelling at a player when he passes up a shot. And he went through a camp where he didn't have any of those problems. Like he just not passing up many shots. Uh, and I'm not, that's not saying he's selfish. That's the role he's in. Like that. If, if you're a shooter like that and a spot of shooter and you go out there and you're passing up shot after shot, you have no reason to be out there. Like you have to take advantage of it. And not only did you do that in the scrimmage, uh, the shots he was hitting were very tough and he was not hitting a rim on most of those. He had one specifically, I don't know if you remember, they did like the, they're always the same baseline play where they set a pick and it's kind of a, a fading shot in the corner or, or kind of a baseline two. He ran that into a corner three, like fading really hard, like Wayne Ellington, Duncan Robinson type fading and kind of nailed it. And I was like, yeah, this, this, this the movement shooting is very intriguing because he has the spot up stuff because his shot always looks the same. Like you were kind of talking about his mechanics, like his, his base is wide, his shot is clean, like all of that. But when you're able to do that on the move like that as well at his size, it's definitely intriguing. My question, I think the one downside is maybe longevity over a season. Uh, will he be able to sustain that? Does he need to get in heat shape or stuff like that? Maybe potentially, because obviously defensively, if he has to move around a little bit more, you're going to need to not be as heavy down low. So it's like, uh, that's going to be the stuff we have to get to eventually, but he has to get a contract first before we start right. discussing right. that. Right. And the stuff he's doing right now is earning him a contract in my opinion. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who, how he gets a spot, but I think a, Definite two ways necessary, especially with the lack of shooting on team. Now, I, my math is not so great here because I'm trying to add this up on the stat sheet between the two teams. But I, I just, on a quick count here, I think he led them in minutes tonight too, which is interesting because it does mean they want to take, continue to take a longer look at him. Um, looks like between the two teams he played, 
uh, what about 31, 32 minutes tonight, which would, that would probably lead them. There are some other guys in the high twenties. Hawkes, actually Hawkes played, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. Hawkes played 39 minutes tonight. Okay. So maybe he didn't, but he was certainly up there. He was in the thirties. Again, they got rest for a lot of different guys. Jimmy didn't play after the first 11 minutes. He only played on the one team. Uh, Kevin Love played on the one team, played 12 minutes. Again, I'm not even really sure Jimmy played. Uh, they did not. He played with people, but that was about it. Uh, Lowry played 12 minutes. Uh, Bam played 19 minutes. So, Again, they, they kept the minutes down on certain guys. Uh, Haywood Highsmith played 21. It looks like Josh played seven, 19 minutes. So you get an idea here. The fact that they, you know, they gave Cole Swider 30 plus minutes tonight to just take a look at him in some different situations. And you're right. They're keeping him. Mm-hmm. They're keeping him. Now, in what role, how much they develop him? Does he become the Duncan protection in case they trade Duncan? Crazier things have happened here, but there is an archetype like when we were actually talking to Ira about this, like they have certain player archetypes, the athletic type, like RJ Hampton, who I, you know, again, I, I thought again, hard to tell tonight. He dribbled into traffic quite a bit. He didn't make four of his six shots, at least on one team. The other team is over three. So four of nine overall. There also wasn't competitive defense being played. No, so we couldn't see a we, Hampton type player. No, no, we couldn't. This is not the kind of game where they're going to have to give him some minutes in a preseason game where at least there's some trying going on. Sure. But there is an archetype for certain Heat players, the three and D type player from all the way from Bruce Bowen forward. There's been that type. Caleb Martin kind of fits into that category. Others, uh, and then there is the the there's a certain point guard type that they've had many times over the years. Anthony Carter, that kind of player, uh, but the movement shooter has become something that they prize. You know, since Duncan, then Max. And to be honest, this guy looked like next tonight. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, check out our sponsors, Better Edge Price Fix and Water Cleanup. We'll have more coverage Tuesday night from Heat Hornets at the arena. Alex, we hope you feel better. But if you're not here tomorrow, that's all right. I think we can handle this one, right? We'll, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.